Hey, what's up, folks? It's your buddy, Arthur. Um, I lost my audio from last week, and so that's why we didn't have an episode. So I'm pretty, pretty upset about that. Uh, <laughs> sorry about the delay. Uh, this week, I used the wrong audio input. Didn't use my ASIO drivers. I used my MME Direct X drivers, and uh, those are not good. So my audio is really choppy and uh, very bad, but I didn't want to have another week of uh, of not having a show. So here it is. Enjoy. Roses are red. The toilets are for crap. I just cut my finger on a root beer bottle cap. It's Radio Free Tart Bag, and I'm Donovan. And I'm Arthur. I really did. Arthur was trying to open that. It was one of the twists off where he gets stuck uh-huh. and uh, chopped my finger a little bit. So I'm I'm pouring my blood into this show, literally. I hope it <laughs> merges with my computer chips through the keyboards and uh, powers us the fuck up because we got, we got a very special guest this week. Yeah, we, we do. We have... Uh, Katie Fischel, a.k.a. at Sex is Weird on Instagram with us. Katie, how the fuck is it going? Hey, it's going super good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for We're having you. to have you. Thanks for having you again. My bad, everybody. I lost my audio because <laughs> I'm very responsible. <laughs> yeah, so we, we had we had Katie on last week. Uh, we did a, a, a first take of the recording. We'll, we'll call it a rough draft because that sounds intentional. Um, so she was nice enough to come back and record with us again. And, uh, yeah, we got, we got your questions from the question box ready. Hello to everybody coming over from, uh, all of Katie's followers. And, uh, well, let's just jump right into these questions and, and, and get going. We ready? Yeah, yeah I'm ready. Yeah. All right. So Katie, I'm reckoning first, we're going to go through, we've got, uh, some questions for you, more like interview questions. And then we got some relationship ones. These are these are all over the place. Yeah. So I'm let's just gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna come in hot with uh, how tall are you? <laughs> I get the impression that you are almost seven feet tall, but that might be because you are powerful. <laughs> That's uh, man, so kind. Uh, you know, I'm I'm nine foot seven and uh, loving life as a big tall giant. I'm I'm five seven. I'm five foot seven. And well, actually, I did go to the doctor like three days ago and they said I was five, five, which hurt my feelings. I think I'm Damn. five, seven. I would like to say that I'm five, seven. <laughs> On my driver's license, it says five, seven. So I don't know where this nurse was coming from, but she. Yeah, <laughs> just Even uh, at five, five. You're an inch over uh, average American woman's height. So, is that right? That's right. Five, four. Is wow. Damn. Yeah. So yeah. basically, seven feet tall. So, so what? Yeah. So what we're saying here is that I am seven feet tall. Um, For most purposes, yes. That's exactly right. <laughs> your your online your Instagram energy is uh, is seven feet tall. So they guessed <laughs> they guessed correctly. They could feel it uh, through their uh, their screen there. <laughs> that's very nice. <laughs> it is because you are powerful. I love how that's written out. You are powerful. 
Damn. Yeah, that's that's very kind. <laughs> now, just just a five five seven hundred hundred forty ish pounds, you know, gal. Just you know, averages can be. <laughs> well, I I messed up the interview uh, order here a little bit, and I kind of just got out of boxing, and my body is falling apart. Um, for those of our, Katie, for those of our listeners uh, who are not familiar with you. Could you kind of describe what you do on your Instagram page, how you got into it? Just just a general who are you besides how tall you are? Yeah. The, <laughs> look, I think this, this interview begins Question and ends one. with my height, and uh, yeah. that's all I have to say on the matter. Question um, one, how tall And I'm hanging up, and good night. Thank you so much for your time. Uh <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh uh I my I have I I'm a I'm a comedian in LA. I do stand up and I also am a cartoonist and uh I started this account um over the summer in June, so it's still pretty new, but it's called Sex is Weird and basically it's um a an account that's sort of like um sort of like sex and and body image related um confessions. And typically they are, um, you know, from personal stories and like thoughts that I have about sex in my own body. Um, or I, you know, tell like, um, very like honest, like stories about experiences that I've had, like good and bad. Um, it's like a, it's a humor account. Um, but it's also like, uh, it's also pretty, you know, um, uh, vulnerable at times, but yeah, uh, that's, that's basically it. (laughs) There is one comic that I saw on the feed where I, I it's hard for it's hard to remember if it came from from a reader like if it was a reader submission or if it was your own experience. Yeah. But it was somebody who had their first experience with a vibration play with one of those like 90s doodle oh pens. Oh my god, the squiggle wiggle. Play. That was not yeah. me. I loved I loved that post. Yeah, that made me laugh so hard. That could have been me. That yeah, been, it, I could have wrote that in. That happened. It, to me. <laughs> did it really? It did. Like, cause you know, you get the doodle pen and you're just playing with it. You know, you know, and you're squiggling all over the page, and you put it on your nose, and you're like, that feels weird. And then you yeah. put it on your earlobe, and you're like, Haha, that feels weird. And then you, oh, yeah, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, that's but so. What if? It's yeah. so funny. Like, I love. That I that was like one of my favorite. I actually might do that again, where I I asked people essentially like how they first started like masturbating, um, because those stories are like so compelling and usually like so funny to me because there, it's like yeah. you can't you can't not be like very honest and and it's like nine times out of ten it's always through some like accidental thing like that. But the squiggle wiggle pen was like so specific and so good. And I also uh, I was so sad because I was trying to. I mean, this is just me. I, I'm really bad with like technology and like and and uh, figuring out how to do this stuff but I was trying so hard to um uh post the um uh commercial for the squiggle wiggle pen along with that post because it is so incredible like whoever's listening to this like stop listening for two seconds and then go youtube like squiggle wiggle pen and see there's one commercial from like 1993 or whatever but it is so funny and it paired so well with that post where the wording was just like so you know, like 
90s wholesome but like also like very hilariously kind of sexual you know like the innuendo was just like squiggle wiggle the pen that makes you giggle like blah 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 like you'll giggle all day long with how much squiggle you'll wiggle or whatever uh you know it's just like uh it was it was perfect it's so good i feel like there's a lot of toys that are in that realm that as a kid probably directed people maybe towards their first masturbation experience Oh, Which for God, me yeah. was, uh, did you ever see one of those things? It's like it's like a tube filled with like liquid. It's clear. Maybe there's some glitter and shit in there. Oh, yeah. And the whole like, thing is like yeah. it rolls around like you can't hang on to it. Right, right. Totally, totally. It was like slippery oh, so whatever. Oh, yeah. No, put your dick in there. Like obviously. <laughs> Bingo. Bingo. Yeah. I, have yeah. to, I have to wonder how many people tried. But of course, the downside being that it just kind of. I mean, that's the whole thing. It falls off of things. You know, sure. there's, no, there's, no there's no friction. There's nothing. Right. And I remember being like, oh, this is crazy. I'm going to fu- I'm going to fucking do it. And then did. And I was like, well, that, well damn, sex sucks, dude. I'm never yeah. fucking doing that. It's just like kind of cold and really gentle. But there's glitter. So everybody likes that. Yeah, that was like very much like baby's first fleshlight sort of situation. <laughs> Oh, hey, retro, retro is in. We could do a rebranding. <laughs> and, oh, I love and it's it. just an adult version. It's just filled with like some disembodied titties and a, you know, a plastic testicle in there flying around. <laughs> Somebody write this down. This is high quality stuff. Oh, man. I'm so glad we landed on the phrase disembodied titties. This early yeah. in the episode. <laughs> Sounds like a punk band that never happened. Uh, somebody Very out well there good. form that. Very true. Very true. Well, Katie, this this next one uh, references someone I'm I'm not familiar with, mm-hmm. um, but I know you've mentioned. Uh, it's since having an influx of Instagram followers since Alec promoted you. Have you felt pressure whenever you post content, or have you been able to maintain a calm demeanor about it? So, who who is this referencing? Uh, yeah, this person. Um is referencing uh, the artist uh, Alec with Pen. The his Instagram handle is Alec with Pen on on Instagram, and uh, he's a like incredible uh, uh, cartoonist. And he, I really love his work. Before, I mean, I started Sex Is Weird. I followed him on my personal account. I just think he's like so wonderful. And uh, he, uh, like, we're kind of in the same lane in the sense that his stuff, a lot of his stuff, deals with like. Um, like anxiety and like mental health and whatever. And it's also like very refreshing to see like a dude like uh, being so like vulnerable in that way. Um, but he's also just like so deeply funny. And uh, yeah, like, so, if, you know, if you don't follow him already, definitely follow Alec with Penn. Um, but anyway, uh, he he was nice enough. Basically, the, the reason why I have so many followers, uh, you know, or the amount that I do right now is because of him. He, uh, uh, he, he promoted my page, uh, I don't know, like a month ago. Um, and it was incredibly kind and incredibly flattering. And uh, yeah, so I kind of jumped. And I will say also, uh, talking about people that helped me along, the, um, the, 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 another account called um, The Mentally Trillist. Um, is a like a mental health like meme account that's run by my friend Alex who is so funny um and so brilliant as well and she really like she was she was so helpful um in like promoting my page also um when I first started it so you know shout out to those two people in particular they're really awesome but uh but yeah when Alec um 
promoted it, it was really, it was really weird because I, uh, you know, when, I mean, I, I was just getting like a thousand followers an hour. It was like fucking bonkers. And it was kind Jesus. of, it was really overwhelming to be honest. Um, I mean, it's like awesome, but, uh, yeah, it was just like, it was a lot. And, um, you know, uh, I'm like very thankful for it, but, uh, yeah. Answer to this person's question. Like, do I feel pressure when I like post my content now that I have like a bigger audience? Like, uh, kind of, I mean, you know, like, I think there's like more opportunities for like, you know, trolls and for people to like disagree with what I'm saying, but I'm also like, I also trust my voice enough to like, know that, you know, I mean, well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm cautious and nervous about posting my stuff for different reasons. You know what I mean? Like I, I just recently had a post that frankly, I was very nervous about, um, because, um, unlike most of my other like shares, uh, uh, this one was like really landed in like a huge gray area to me personally. And it was about, um, how I like met and had like a very sexual relationship with like a much older man online when I was like 15. Uh, so I, you know, and that's like heavy and weird and the thing, and I had been sitting on that story for a long time because I, um, just in no way ever want to, uh, seem like I'm promoting the idea of, of sex, uh, with a minor, um, ever. And, uh, you know, so, so it's not, it's not that I'm like, it's not that I'm worried because I have a bigger audience. I, I'm, you know, I, it's sometimes, you know, dealing with like sex and consent, like this stuff is like tricky and loaded. Um, so, you know, whenever I post about like stuff like that, I'm just, I'm just cautious about it anyway, because I want to make sure that I'm, um, I'm, uh, you know, speaking clearly and, and thoughtfully about something that that's important, you know? Yeah. Definitely. And I'm sure too, that one in particular, uh, I saw that either today or a couple of days ago. Um, I, I feel like there's part where, you know, you want to have, I don't know, ideally like, Hey, you, you know, you would have a clear understanding of something like that, or it would be like cut and dry. Right. But I'm sure part of this is communicating like that happened when you were younger, like where you were at when that happened. I mean, because people who, uh, you know, not great things like that happen to are not always just totally aware of what's going on. I'm like, Oh, you know, this isn't good, but I'm doing it anyways. And I'm sure there are like upsides to that. Like if you had, you know, some kind of connection with that person, despite it, like that's something that you felt. And I think that's, that's worth communicating because I'm, I don't know. I'm sure a lot of people uh, have dealt with similar and I feel like you got to give authentically what you, uh, what you went through. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A hundred percent. And it is like, it is, of course it's so common. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it like that's, but it is, it's so messy. Um, you know, like my, my, you know, experience with that was like one where like when it was happening, I really didn't think twice about it. I mean, I, I knew, you know, it was weird because I, I, I was so involved with this person in a way where we would talk like, you know, a couple times a week or whatever. And I really enjoyed him like as a person, like I, you know, I thought it was like fun. You know, we started like, I guess we started talking as like friends or, you know, whatever that's worth. But uh, you know, when it got like, when it became very sexual, um, uh, which, you know, that escalated like pretty quickly. Um, 
I knew that like, that's certainly not something that I should like be telling my parents or friends. I mean, I, I, you know, I definitely felt like alone in that. Um, but so, you know, obviously like that, that means that there was some part of me that did feel sort of ashamed when it was going on, but also like it was, um, uh, and this it just like feels weird to say this out loud, but, uh, you know, at the time, I think it was like, for me, um, like a, it felt like a safe outlet, like a low stakes outlet to like explore my sexuality in this way where like, I don't think I would have been able to do that with other like 15 year old boys. You know what I mean? Like, uh, where, you know, it, it, I don't, uh, but, but, you know, but the thing is, is that looking at that in retrospect, like if I knew any 15 year old, um, who was, who was involved in this way with a much older person, I would, uh, like hope that they would stop. <laughs> uh, but, but that's, but you know, it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, yeah, looking back on it now and just seeing the age difference and looking at it on paper, like it's clearly wrong. It's just not, uh, you know, for me, that's how I feel about it now. But, um, but I also like would be, um, uh, it, it wouldn't be genuine if I said that it was, you know, if I just stopped and said, clearly this was wrong because, because of the age and whatever, like it was, I, I felt a certain way about it then. And I feel a certain way about it now. And it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's really messy. It's really, really such a gray area. (laughs) I think the upside too of you being genuine with these things um, is that somebody, you know, reading something like that, maybe there's somebody younger out there in that situation. Yeah. And like you said, if you were aware that this is something you should be ashamed of, you know, I think, yeah, I, I think most people would be, but that kind of keeps you closing it off to yourself because like, how do you talk with anybody if you know that they're, you know, you're worried you're going to get in trouble. You're worried you're going to get like moralized to by your parents. And that's like, that's a very scary thought when you're younger. So I think the fact that you're putting it out in this genuine way my hope would be that, you know, somebody in a similar situation or any of the other situations you've described uh, would hopefully like realize that, Hey, like other people have gone through this. Like it is, you can talk about this. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I I think that's, that's one of my favorite things about the, uh, about the work that you do. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, a a lot of this stuff um, just like starts with um, just like having a, platform for like or like a, a way to just like creating a, a a dialogue for it you know um there's like so much that like isn't talked about and i just think it's um insane because <laughs> because everybody's dealing with this stuff in, in one way or another um and the fact that we aren't like talking about it all the time is like mind-blowing to me <laughs> right and, th- and that allows negative things to like happen and fester too if everybody's wrapped up in this shame about things Totally. You know, if you're not talking to people about it, how do you know that something is not good? And how do you, you know, seek support uh, from someone? So, yeah, yeah you're very, absolutely very right. Good platform from that. And besides just being fucking hilarious, uh, many of these comics, I, yeah, like I said, I think it's a really good thing you're doing. Thank you so much. That, that, thank you. That means a lot. Yeah. Love your work. Love thank you. <laughs> big, big fan. Hey, I, speaking I, of, oh, yeah. And I, I'm a big hit, fan. Hit the can transition. I ask, can I add this next one? Can I just? Can, yes. I'm just going to add. I'm just. I'm just going to ask it. I'm just of course, go. 
I'm going to tent my fingers under my chin, and I'm going to cock my head to the side, and I'm going to say, do you work with Pete Holmes? <laughs> Teehee. Um, yeah, I... <laughs> Uh, I do. Yes, I, I do work with Pete Holmes. I am. I am his nanny. I, uh, I uh, watch um, he and uh, Val um, have a beautiful, wonderful little pumpkin of a daughter named Leela. And I get to hang out with her uh, each and every day. And she is a a damn joy i just uh i love i love her and them so much <laughs> um i uh seem like super nice folks they're the best they are so unbelievably kind it's like truly the best um like work environment it feels weird to call it a work environment but it's like the best job i've ever had by far i've i've had tons of shitty jobs, you know, and all different, you know, I, I worked in restaurants for a really long time. I was, I worked in kitchens for forever. And, uh, you know, I was like, D- whatever bullshits like that. And then I also was like a nanny for, I've nannied on and off and worked with kids for a long time and have been in really, really gross situations with really gross, shitty people. And they are just so incredible and they treat me like family and it feels like family. And, uh, yeah, like they, um, also, were so supportive right off the bat of sex is weird. Like I, before, you know, before it became, you know, something that I wanted to put online, I would be making these like little drawings and stuff while the baby was sleeping. And, uh, I think Val was like really the first person that I showed. Um, and she was just so, um, so supportive. And she and I had like, um, so many like great like rich conversations about uh like sex like from the get-go and like just really like thoughtful conversation she's brilliant and and uh so just like wonderful as well and uh yeah i just i just love them (laughs) (laughs) that's everything i could hope to hear yeah yeah. yeah, that's that's nice when like you know you ask about somebody famous, you always kind of wonder. It's nice when the answer is like, oh no, yeah, they fucking rule. They yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I think people are 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 um, typically like hungry for that answer of oh yeah, secretly this person sucks, but like it's it's uh, certainly not the case here. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're just like wonderful, happy, goofy people, and. Um, like just uh yeah we just have a ball together that's like all i can say i'm just like extremely lucky to to work for such nice folks hell yeah hell yeah all right so this this next one i I think may come off a little bit uh, combatively but we felt like would be you know a good question to address talking with you before recording yeah Um, this is another listener one and it's uh, how, how come your stories only have white people in them? Yeah, this is um, like a fair question and an important question, um, and something that I've thought about a lot as well. Uh, because when you look through my feed, I've you know I've had this account for you know a couple of months now, a few months now, and so I've like been able to build up this like you know larger body of work and this person is totally right. When you scroll through it, it's like mostly white bodies. And, um, I think the, the, first of all, the only answer that I have for them, 
is that, you know, I'll say probably 80% of um, the things shared on, on the account are like personal stories, like my personal stories. And, and so what that means is that, you know, you're getting a perspective that is from a, I'm a white, young, straight woman. And so you're getting this kind of, that's, that's the perspective that you're getting. And, and furthermore, um, all of the bad sexual encounters that I've had have been truly just with white men. Um, and that's just, that's just like a fact, (laughs) like, that's just like, not, you know, it, uh, like, so, but that's also, um, that's also not an excuse because I, I, I totally recognize that it is incredibly, um, hypocritical of me to be, um, sort of preaching this idea of like, oh my God, these are all like universal experiences when, um, the perspective that I'm offering is so narrow where it's like the last thing that I want is for someone to look at this account and uh, feel like it's not meant for them because they don't feel represented in it. And um, that's like, you know, it's, it's so, it, 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 it bothers me that it's like, you know, again, probably like 80% of it is like from my own white heteronormative sexual experience and um i you know do my best to like include um when i when i do like do like public shares or whatever and ask people questions and get stuff in my dms like i do my do my best to like include like various perspectives and whatever but i i think that like this person is totally right and um i want this to be for everyone and 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 i'm going to like work a lot harder to make sure that that's like the case and this will change so thank you to this person for bringing that up cuz they're right I think I think that's a good answer. I also think it, this. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I hope but they yeah, do too. I'm is. not just you know. I, yeah, I I I hope they do too. I mean, I feel I feel uh, very strongly about that, and I I mean what I say with sincerity. So I hope I hope they are satisfied with that. And also, honestly, like this, I've been I've been corrected on my platform before. Um, on this account before and I like encourage it like whoever is listening if you have like an issue with my shit like obviously you know be nice and I don't I don't think this question is like necessarily combative I think it's like a fair question um, but you know if anybody ever has like an issue or thinks that something needs to be improved like I encourage them to send me a message like I, I want this to get better and I always want to make sure that that people feel like heard and scene you know oh definitely that's my shit yeah, that is that is my kink uh marginalized people <laughs> being seen and heard damn <laughs> we, we definitely support that Fantastic. And yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't mean combative so much as trying to discount this i mean more we're kind of how tall are you and then something that is you know <laughs> yeah that, i mean that, it's that certainly it's certainly like a sharp a turn but it's you know it's look it's a fair question definitely so yeah. We love it. We love it. We do we do love it. We we also love uh as we do here on Radio Free Tote Bag and to anybody who's who's new to our show. 
our primary thing we have guests on is interview them, talk about what they do. But the kind of bread and butter of the show is uh, answering listener relationship questions. And so we have, in addition to these questions for Katie, uh, we have some more general relationship questions uh, we thought we'd get into as well. Yeah. So uh, here's the uh, here's the first one of those. What do you think is the real reason guys don't perform oral sex on women as much as they receive it? <laughs> mm. uh, oh, boy. Um, that is uh, a very interesting question. I, I think that, like... You know, I I can't speak for anybody. I can only speak for myself. And um, the only times that I've encountered someone that is unwilling to go down on me, um, when I have specifically, I I think I think people <laughs> that like it hasn't happened a lot because I I try to weed those people out. It's hard, you know. It's hard. You never know and fully who you're dealing with, you know, a lot of the time, unfortunately, but, um, I'm trying to think of like a time where I, 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 I think I it was, some, I have some advice for the young women out there. When you're please. On a date with the guy. It's, you know, so you're, you're eating your linguine, you're at the Italian restaurant, the candles are burning low. It's getting towards the end of the night. Right. Take a bite. Uh, right. As you slurp down that last piece of linguine, uh, you look at him and say, do you pussy? And he goes, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. Excuse me, what? And you go, not, yeah, you know, nothing. But a tuned, a tuned ear, a trained, <laughs> a trained man will will hear that, and instantly from from the core of his soul will issue a hearty hell yeah. Yeah, you know, I think. I mean, look, I think everybody's approach is different. Mine tends to be that I'll just like. You know how, like, uh, when you propose, you get, like, a like a ring and, like, a dessert or whatever, like, delivered yep. to your beloved or whatever. I just, like, send them, like, it's just, like, a fax, like, a picture of, like, my, of my crotch and just, like, put it in their pasta. And then when they see it, they're sort of blindsided. But you really can tell, you know, you really see someone's true colors in that moment. It's like and, a fucking um, ASCII bush. I'm so I, about that. That's awesome. You know, it's, uh, everybody has their own, but, you know, to, uh, to answer this question, I mean, I think that, like, dudes who, like, flat out refuse, I also just think it's so incredibly rude if, um, you know, the, you should never, I mean, you should never assume anything, um, like, in bed, I, I think that's, like, you know, for, for either party, it's, like, um, or for all parties involved, it's like nothing is ever like you should never like expect something to be done because you don't know how the other person like I don't know like I I personally like don't typically give blowjobs until I like feel fully comfortable with the person so I like also respect like if that's where they're coming from because like I mean I guess oral sex can be like very I mean it is like very intimate uh, for some people for me it is and. Um, but, you know, for dudes that have, like, flat out refused to go down on me, I just feel like that comes from, like, such a place of ignorance and fear where it's, like, sometimes it's, like, those are, like, the same people that are, like, you know, like, women are always, like, gushing with blood and, like, I don't ever want to, like, you know, mess with that or whatever it is. I, um, yeah, I, I would love to know the answer to that. Um, I luckily haven't come across that too much in my personal life. 
thank God, but like uh the the couple times that I have, I like have definitely clocked it and uh I've tried to call them out on it. It's tough, but you know, it's like it's so disrespectful when someone um will just like flat out you know, refuse in a way that makes you feel gross is like so not okay. Right. Yeah, that's very different than being, you know, oh, this is something that's more intimate and I, I need to get to a certain place with my partner versus yeah. like, dude, no. Yeah. I, I think there's there's two big components with this. This yeah. is just me theorizing. No, please. Uh, but I think one is that societally and in terms of pornography and in terms of just kind of lack of sex education of something like this, you know, were even to be mentioned then, uh, I feel like, you know, probably for a lot of men, there's just like a lack of understanding there, like a lack of understanding that many women like that's, you know, that's the way that you come. And even yeah. beyond that understanding, maybe just a total focus on, well, like this is about me. Like, right. I'm going to come and like, that's when it ends. And that's all that matters. I think that ignorance is part of it. Uh, I think 100%. another part is the, is the shame I was talking about before where that also comes into play. I think, especially for men, you know, there's the whole machismo bullshit about like, yeah, you're either fucking good at sex or like you're not a man. Like you're, you know, you're a fucking pussy, whatever these assholes would say. Right. And I think part of that comes in where, you know, you're having sex with somebody and if you're, you know, maybe you were never taught how to do this. Maybe you were too kind yeah. of feeling shameful to ask somebody or nervous to ask what feels good. Yeah. And so the whole concept of it, you're like, I don't want to go down there and know what I'm doing. Totally. And I could see. I could see that just kind of pushing people back, combining with that it's, you know, societally kind of ex not ex ex expected, kind of acceptable, uh, you know, too focused on like male orgasm. That, that's kind of like what the culture says. And you can just kind of use that as, as a way to back off and like not feel that shame, which is no fucking good. Right. And I don't know. We, we've talked about on this show too. fucking talk to your partner about what they like talk about what they don't like that's not something you got to be like ashamed of and i think yeah. it'll make you have better sex i think it'll make you eh, make you have a better time a hundred percent if i oh. could transmit one piece mm. of knowledge to my past self please it would be how to go down on somebody yes <laughs> same same so many times that i'm just down there just not knowing not knowing the geography not knowing where to go what am i it's like the it's like you're at college and you're at orientation and you're trying to figure out it's, it's so, so do I get to go, go to the table and I get the welcome packet and then I can someone <laughs> please help me? Yeah, like, truly. That's... Yeah. Whenever, whenever I'm giving a blowjob, I'm just like praying that someone in like a blue shirt will appear and just like show me the way. Um, tongue, that's somebody's in a blue shirt shows up and just says tongue contact. You got to keep right. your tongue and consistent contact a hundred percent a hundred percent yeah we we need to start funding some coaches with tax you know and they, they just maybe wear a headset and they they pipe the information to you because for me it, it took a partner when i was much younger being like hey uh can th this is not what you're doing is not good can you yeah. do these yeah. this and this thing and uh just like, communicating in that in a way that's not going to absolutely crush your partner. But that again, it's fucking important. It's also important, you know, on the guy's part and people in general to just like be receptive of that and not feel, you know, not feel attacked 
that you know you're, it's it's just not working for this person. People are different too. Yeah, I had um I had like the one of the worst sexual experiences I've had um that is like just just coming to me now is is in college like my freshman year of college I hooked up with this dude who like just like did not at all understand the concept of foreplay and I remember he just like would not like we were like we like made out for like two seconds on his bed and then he like reached for a condom and I kept like saying saying like I mean I wanted to have sex with him and I made that clear too but I was just like will you please like you know, like I was just like, it It became so, there's such a, it was so annoying because I had to keep stopping him. Like, can you, you know, maybe do this first or can we do this first? And I learned later that he, among his group of friends, and this got out later, that he was referring to me, or had been referring to me since then as the sex Nazi because oh, he just like no. could not handle. Jesus. He, and yeah, it was like so, so stupid. And, and to your point earlier, yeah, like so much of that shit comes from like, fear and like of like the male ego being like shattered and also that like historical um you know like bullshit of like oh like the female like the elusive female orgasm everybody knows it's like you know basically impossible anyway so like why even try and like yeah like sex has always you know just like throughout history has always just been about like the the male orgasm and it's so sad and um yeah it's it's so like communication is everything and it's taken me a long time to be able to just simply ask you know I ask every single time you know like does that feel good do you like that do you want something different and also to be able to like guide someone uh when they're like going down on me or or just like during sex in general and also you know look that also I think comes with like time and practice because it's not easy um to verbalize your own like pleasure points, you know, in the moment when it's happening, it's really tricky. And, um, uh, I think, um, yeah, it, 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 it takes a certain level of confidence and, uh, yeah, like it, um, it's tough. It's tough to learn to be, to, to like feel comfortable enough to like verbalize that stuff. Yeah. yeah Cause it, it's a very intimate act. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's a very intimate act. There is already an element of vulnerability. Totally. To kind of step it up like that. Yeah. It gotta, you got to build that confidence to do it. So I, I understand where it comes from. Yeah. You just got to do better. But I also think that we, we did take sort of a, a very kind route to this. I think anybody who, <laughs> to, to touch more on the point of what this person was asking, any, any like straight dude out there that's just like barking at women that they don't eat pussy uh, should go fuck themselves. Like I think Trouble. that that I would like to say that also. <laughs> Absolutely. We, yeah. We endorse this stance and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll issue a, uh, uh, an edict here uh, to all men who don't eat pussy. Go ahead. And uh, unless I don't know, maybe some horrible, horrible uh experience or something if you're not doing it just because you're a fucking dickhead and you don't give a shit about making your partner come go jump in a well yes and then, uh that's all my advice for you jump down the day. yeah and don't you dare expect us to return the favor that's so oh, uh, God, that's yeah. so gross all right well choo choo it's the relationship question train it continues to chug along the tracks <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, out the window on the right side of the car, we see this question. What's your biggest advice uh, to find somebody to be happy with? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I'm going to hop aboard this train and <laughs> say choo-choo. No, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm I'm going to I'm going to walk into traffic. I'm so sorry. Um okay. I I think that this is yeah, this is such a big question and y'all should please help me out with this. Like I think the first the first thing that I think of uh is just like tr- just like true respect for someone to have like on you know on on equal sides like um or on either side just to be able to like um i guess i mean resp- i mean that's i don't know i want i want this to be like helpful but i think yeah just to to have a partner that respects you and sees you for all that you are and not just like as a thing that can serve them um and i you know um is like huge and just feeling like um just like the the freedom and the space to to be uh you know so like just comfortable um in all sides of yourself you know uh i think is just huge what do y'all think I, I definitely that that supportiveness uh is essential and obviously and I, I think it ties in with respect just liking who the person is beyond their role as just like a boyfriend or a girlfriend right i i find myself seeing two aspects that I consider uh, when I'm dating folks or when I've been in relationships. Um, on the one hand, you know, there's kind of the more logical, um, and it, it, it ties in with what you're saying about respect. It's just the, you know, do I like being around this person? Yeah. Uh, do I feel like supportive, uh, or supported by them? Um, do I feel like, like they're, they're adding something positive to my life? Like the time that we spend together, like, is it, is it good and beneficial? Totally there are kind of like the bigger picture questions like that, that I ask myself. Totally. And I find sometimes though, somebody can check all those boxes and it's still not right though. And so Mm -hmm. I find on the other hand, you got to listen to your gut on it too, where, you know, if you don't, if you don't really like feel that, man, I fucking love this person or like, I'm really into this person. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's no good. Even if they check the boxes. And of course the reverse is true. If you feel really intensely i think a lot of people's first relationship is like this yes you, know, you feel it so fucking hard and you're thinking about them all the time and like you're just focused on them constantly but, but they don't have the other thing they don't have like the actual practical and positive aspects then you mm-hmm. got the, the, the reverse issue and that's when you get into a abusive situations where you're looking past all these red flags because you feel it but you feel it so strongly Ugh, i think and that's so dead I, on yeah i think you're so uh, right I have I have been on both sides of that. Totally. So, and I, I don't. I'm hoping I've landed in a good place because I'm still trying to figure this out too. But what I'm landing on is just trying to find that, that that balance between those two feelings instead of just going all in on one of them. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I too have been on both sides of this issue. And when you brought up finding a partner who respects you, um, I think something that's relevant to my own experience is finding somebody that you respect. Yeah. Um, I've been in relationships with people where I was I kind of dirtbag, did some dirtbag shit. And 
like being with somebody that makes you want to do better and like want to really put in work and really, you know, not be an asshole <laughs> is, is <laughs> what, important. What has been your dirtbag moment? Well, like to to do a light one. Um I was uh I was dating this woman and she was uh very pretty. I'd known her for a number of years. Um uh, but we had never spoken. It was the yeah. strangest thing. Like I had like so I was DJing and she would go to the parties, right? Yeah. And just one night kinda out of the blue, I saw her and I was like, Hi and she was like, Hello. <laughs> and then weeks later, uh I was at her family home. Like we we traveled to like a family event, and uh, it was it was the weirdest fucking thing because she comes she's like a dyed in the wool pagan. I didn't know that. Like I thought everybody came to paganism like of their own accord, but this was like the family religion. Oh wow, paganism, and I was like, okay. So I'm at like like a Yule celebration, mm-hmm. and I realize I'm like, damn, she's just like really hot and that's why that's why I'm dating her and I'm at her family thing oh boy yeah. I fucked up I shouldn't have agreed to any of this yeah yeah <laughs> um and uh it took me weeks and weeks to break up with her she actually came to my family Thanksgiving um oh my god because I couldn't I just couldn't pull the trigger on it and then I I found myself um like talking to people and being like yeah I think I gotta break up with her yeah. And like if you're to that point, like you should probably have already broken up with this person if you are when you're vo- your voicing it to yeah, yeah, oh my god. There's like no worse feeling than knowing that you need to pull the trigger and you just like are just hesitating. It's such an uncomfortable place to be in. Um yeah. Yeah, and you're totally right like to your other point like um like, just why are you in this? And, like, what is yeah. this person um, doing for you? And I, I think I fall into a trap so often where I'm, like, dating someone casually or whatever, and they are, like, checking off those boxes of, like, do they make me happy? And do do we, you know, like, have fun together? And, like, do we get along? But I then realize that the I think the main difference you know, for me between like being casual with someone and like taking it to like the next level is like those boxes are always almost always checked off in in the um confines of like just us by ourselves. But as soon as I imagine or just bring this person into like my social circle mm. and sort of like watch them it's such a like sink or swim moment for me and nine times out of ten uh i am so like uh blinded by like how i feel with them when i'm alone that i like don't like fully know until it's like you know too late or for whatever that means um to like understand that this person like doesn't serve me in like the you know like bigger picture and like the the like other aspects of my life where it's like you have to be able to like um like feel like supported and feel like uh confident about your partner like in any situation you know like (laughs) you should be able to handle I god i remember i was dating this guy and the 
the first it I should have broken up with him right there but I didn't and I kept it going for months and months honey because that's just like what happens a lot of the time unfortunately but the biggest red flag was like I had a raging ear infection that came on like a freight train and um it was like truly like some of the worst pain i've ever felt in my life it felt like a scorpion was like inside of my head i was like i woke up that morning and i was like wailing and i'm not a crier like i just i was like i was just rocking back and forth sobbing and uh this was we were uh we i lived with this person in berlin for a couple of months and i didn't speak german um and so i uh he, he, and he did and i told him i was going to the emergency room and he first of all did not come with me and like let me go alone and it was a snowstorm i should say it's like so like cinematically oh. sad <laughs> and uh so i was like so i went to this like hospital alone and uh nobody spoke english and so then i like had to like retreat back to the house and i was like crying and i will never forget this this was like the moment that i like went up stairs and i was like we have to go to the hospital please help me we have to go now we have to get into a cab now and there was like so much urgency in my voice and i will never forget that he sat and he finished his breakfast he uh, did not jump up he drank his coffee and he ate his cereal and then we left and it was such a telling, like that was everything. That was everything that I needed to know for the rest of the relationship where it was like, just, oh, in like moments where I really need you, you're simply not there. And, oh, and it's geez. also like moments outside of the vacuum is the wrong word outside of the interplay of the relationship. Yeah. Because you, you got to see who the person really is, you know, yeah. because you are motivated by like, okay, my partner makes me feel good. There is that internal motivation about relationships. Yeah. And I think the good example of this is like the waiter test. You know, you take a date to a restaurant. Are they shitty to the waiter? Totally. It doesn't matter how nice they are to you. You don't want to date somebody who's a fucking garbo like that. It doesn't matter how much fun you guys had at Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> oh, that's right. That was your story. Yeah, that person. Oh, that's that right. Person. Oh yeah, that's right. That was so gross. Yeah, the <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so uh, uh, during the ill-fated uh, last episode, I told a story where I went on a date with a guy, and we went to this is for my Columbus people. Y'all remember Surly Girl? Anybody remember Surly Girl? Columbus people. Yeah. Anyway, we went there. <laughs> I had the turkey wrap. It was fantastic, and uh, he was like rude to the waiter. It's like shitty to the wait staff. Yeah. I gave him the side eye over that, but you know, we went to the, you know, did the rest of the date and uh, we went to go see Wreck-It Ralph over at the Regal on, yes. uh, on uh, Olentangy River Road. And uh, the whole time that we were in the movie, he like wrapped himself around my arm and would like coo at intervals. Ugh. It was just like, <laughs> and I was just like, this is not, this is at, not for me. At what parts of Wreck-It Ralph was he cooing? I feel like it was unreal. He saw Sonic the Hedgehog and he was just fucking <laughs> stoked. That's mm. why. Oh, like, as was he just, like, trying to, like, make a move or just, like, be cute? Like, I, I think so. I think he was trying to heighten the, the connection of the moment. That's so and, weird. A shot of that story <laughs> is I had him drop me off at the bar. I was like, 
All right. Uh, nice hanging out with you. I'm going to go drink with my friends now. Bye. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's such a move. I <laughs> I, I remember the, like one, like a recent very bad date I went on. Uh, it was a first date and this was like such a nightmare scenario. So we went to this bar and I'm like new to, I'm relatively new to Los Angeles. I moved here like a year ago and, uh, I, uh, uh, went on like a first date with this guy at this bar. And when I walked in truly like so many people that I know from stand up, just like a bunch of comics had just like happened to have like a gathering. I think it was like a birthday party or something. So I walk in and they like, I think thought that I was there for that party. And then I was like, (laughs) no, it's so lovely to see all of you. Boy, this looks fun. But actually I have to go four feet this way and have a date now. And then I went and just the entire time, and the guy was like so uninterested in me and it was like totally fine. It was just like a bad date. We just like did not click. There wasn't anything wrong with him. It was just like, you know, like just not, you know, we just like weren't each other's person. Uh, but the whole time I was just like, would like glance over his shoulder and just see like just such a like much more like fun and warm and inviting scenario happening unfolding and he kept like referencing it and he was like do you want to like go hang out with your friends instead and i was like no no (laughs) no i feel like that was the out he was giving you the out you could have been he was totally giving me the eye out and he was probably hoping that i would take it but i was just like trying to be like a goddamn mensch in the situation like no i'm here for you but like we probably were both just like secretly hoping that it would end and i could just like go hang out with these people but anyway yeah that's so ugh, being wait rude to the wait staff is so fucked it's so, that's everything did those comics crack on you about it afterwards <gasps> they did not i think i got a lot of questions afterwards because the date went on long enough that i think the party like had um sort of simmered down and i think uh, most of them had left by the time that we had left the bar um but uh i do remember getting like a lot of questions and glances like uh dear god it was so uncomfortable yeah, totally. Well, there was also like a situation where like I I remember cuz I got there earlier and then I was just like talking to my friends and then I literally like turned right around and he was right there and then I was faced with cuz then I had to do that like heinous like awkward first interaction specifically with an online date where you have to be like, "Oh, hey, nice to ha officially meet you." Ha ha ha. Do you do and, the hug? Do the hug, like the awful side hug. And then like, it sucks so hard. And to do that in front of like truly all of your peers. (laughs) And it was so mortifying. Can't, can we take a moment here and just brainstorm on what, what do you do? What is the first thing you do when you meet your online date for the first time in person? Go. No wrong answers. What do you just, do? What's the first thing you do? Man, I just, I, I just start fucking conversation. Usually I aim to get there first, especially if it's a bar I don't know, because I got to get comfortable with their surroundings. I got to yeah. mitigate my fucking anxiety disorder. And I, I definitely don't go for the hug because I don't really love touching people all that much unless we're yeah. real fucking close. So I'm usually sitting there already and I just do the turn and I, yeah, how's it going? and you sit them down like it's an interview (laughs) no not flat out like that how's it going yeah like i got a notebook here in front of me i'm gonna be taking notes do you sit in like a very large swivel chair and then you like whirl around (laughs) to them (laughs) do you have like a big white cat that you also stroke and 
that sits in your lap like a Bond villain. I do have the cat. Pickle <laughs> comes to every date with me. If she misses at the date, we're fucking out of there. That, that's how you know who you should be with. Your cat. I got it. I got it. I got it. I think I nailed it. Here it comes. Okay. Have something to exchange with the other person. Bring a thing that you're going to give them. And then the conversation becomes about the thing that you've given them. Wait, what do you mean? What? What have you <laughs> like done? Chocolate, this? Chocolates, flowers, Teddy. You're bear. joking. To an online no, date, that's thing. psychotic. To the first it's date, it's that psychotic. No, bring him a thing. <laughs> that is violence. If I ever met, <laughs> if I ever went on a Tinder date and he was holding a flower, I would call Roses. the police. I would call the. I would contact my representatives. I I would scream. Are you kidding me? Just uh, did start this conversation crushing. by saying there were no wrong answers. I feel very attacked. Right I'm so sorry. We're I'm crushing. so sorry. I'm not trying. <laughs> I just I just hardcore roasted both of you, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also don't have there's no look there's no right or wrongs I just feel like um, uh, it would just be like uh, such a massive mistake don't bring something to the don't don't bring roses <laughs> not don't roses that. like a spring bouquet like some real <laughs> casual <laughs> some dang posies oh my god <laughs> Bring him a Venus flytrap, throw it down on the table, be like, check this shit out, and then pull a bag of uh, freeze-dried flies out and start (laughs) checking them at him. That's a fucking conversation starter. And then, and then, yeah, and then the ice has been broken. That's what you do. Yeah, I... We'll close to magic. Just, like, do a card trick. Fuck. Don't be the card trick guy. You are are (laughs) fucking with us at this point. Uh, make sure you're wearing a fucking uh yeah make sure you're wearing a trilby you want to yep. be suited up you can't over it better to overdress than underdress that's uh, milady armor yeah women love chivalry make sure to refer to refer to her as milady yep. uh, don't let her do anything take her coat etc 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 they love it boom ice is broken i'm stroking my neck beard right now nobody can feel it recording <laughs> <laughs> I can feel it through the airwaves. Okay. All right, no <laughs> gifts. Fine. No gifts. Sorry, no gifts. sorry, future Tinder dates. You don't get a gift. Damn. Damn. <sighs> Some girl out there who's matched with you is listening to this and is like, fuck, I really, really run one of those posies. I guess, you know, I guess I shouldn't. I've never been. I don't know if I've ever been given flowers, actually. But mm. so I guess I don't know what that feels like. But I just feel like to... When you don't know the person, I just think it's it's a bit of a I think it's just too much of a move. It's too okay. much. It's too okay. much. All right. I've been told <laughs> I'm too much. I have been told that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Qual- quality advice between the three of us, I think we we narrowed down the uh the good points there. And uh let's see, the three of us, uh three, the number three. Uh, thinking of three, here comes a smooth transition because the next question starts with three. Are you ready? <laughs> yes. Are you sure? <laughs> yes, I'm just like still reeling from that, okay. <laughs> from that segue. Three oh, show fucking things rules. that America should change about its sex education and public schools, question mark. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Man, what a, what uh, what a question. I think 
the hardest thing about this is to narrow it down to three because there are so many things that are wrong with that system, in my opinion. And I went to school. I'm from Tennessee originally. I, I So I went to Nashville Public Schools, um, and that's where I got my sex education. And, uh, you know, Jesus Christ, it was just it was such a mess. And boy, I think the first thing that I think of is like who who we allow to teach those classes. Um, like it's just essentially anyone. Uh, it's like, it just feels like they just found these people on a bus and they were like, Hey, you're wearing like pants that are like buttoned all the way up. Like (laughs) you should come teach a class. Like, are your socks matching? Great. You seem like you're like like a perfect fit for this. You like sex? Yeah. Talk about it. Yeah. It's just, and it's like also frequently people that like don't even like talking about it. It's like always like, you know, just like so many like, like unhappy gym teachers or just like a like fucking algebra teacher that was just like forced into it and it's like so uncomfortable um and they typically just don't know what the fuck they're talking about and so which is wild too because like this is it's a topic that's going to inform and like potentially prevent so many fucking problems down the line it is hugely important yeah if you mislearn i don't know you mislearn fucking algebra you know, nothing. Okay, you're gonna get a bad grade or something. If you mislearn like sex education, bad fucking things happen down the line. You might not get that information that is like directly important. You feel like, you know, w- with the weight of that, there'd be some kind of like certification or special training that you yeah. get to make sure yeah. you know you don't you don't fuck the kids up. Uh, you know, telling them that dicks are bananas, that they're the same thing, because that's what my teacher told me. Totally. Totally. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's like, that's, I mean, that's the whole thing, though, is that they don't want to bring like actual like professionals who are like passionate about um, creating like a safe, like uh, informative dialogue, um, you know, like into the schools. They don't do that because, you know, what most uh, schools are like comfortable teaching, at least in my experience anyway, is uh, sex education that is rooted in fear-mongering and rooted in um, the idea that, uh, you know, abstinence is best. And um, that's fucking insane. Uh, And, yeah, so much of it was, like, about um, simply the dangers of sex and all of the bad things that can happen. Uh, And in a lot of cases, they would say, this will happen. You know, you will get, um, like, a life-threatening... STI and then they'll show you like the fucking you know horror horror show of like um all of the like worst case um uh STI like photographs or whatever of like untreated yeah the slideshow um and uh you know they just talk about like the horrors of like teen pregnancy and whatever and, um, you know, like all of those things are like, you know, I guess, you know, like, ab- absolutely like STIs and like learning, you know, protective, uh, to have protected sex is like very important. That's all, that's all very important. But like, the uh, the, the fact that like the thesis is like, typically sex is bad. Sex is scary. If you do it, these things will happen. It's just like, it's just like ludicrous. And if they do happen, it's all fucking over. If you get an STI, that's fucking it. You're like, right. Over. Yes. You know, and, yes. and I think that contributes to the fucking shame we've discussed and really the tone of the whole fucking sex ed. Cause then what happens if you do get the SDI? Well, all your friends know about that. 
All they know is from the fucking horror uh, slideshow that they saw. How the right. fuck are you going to talk to them, you know, if you have herpes or something, when you know right. that they're just going to freak the fuck out? And, like, even adults are going to freak the fuck out. And right. so it makes people keep shit to themselves and not get fucking treatment. Totally. Totally. And it's like, yeah, it's it's so, um, it, yeah, like, I, uh, I, like, I have, like, contracted. I, I remember, like, in college I got chlamydia and i felt because directly because of my sex education or lack thereof uh from high school when i found out that i had chlamydia i i felt like subhuman i felt like an absolute monster and the first thing that flashed like when when i got that call i was like oh Nobody will ever want to touch me again. My sex life is over. And that's like, that's the thing. It's like they teach you. And also, you know, fucking, it's not, it's not like that. It was very curable. It was very easy. I like took a pill and I was fine. I'm fine. Um, But they don't teach you that. I didn't know that. And I, that happened when I was like 22. And uh, I just like, um, it's just so horrible where they just, they, they teach you, it's like, there are two paths, you know, and it's like the right path and the wrong path. And if you go down the wrong path, that means that you're a bad person. And it's so incredibly damaging. And it, um, is so, uh, it, you know, it causes like so much shame and so much terror in, you know, in something that, um, should be like taught as something that is like normal and natural and okay and good and like something that uh is so like beautiful and important you know um but it's not it never is and um and that's so that's so that's so deeply sad and i think also most importantly um talking about te- uh sex education should be um mostly in my opinion uh about i mean yes like teach the anatomy of of the human body teach like the mechanics of sex and like how it works and whatever um but also more so teach us about like the social aspects of sex like talk about consent talk about what it means to get consent talk about what it means to give consent talk about what it feels like to be how 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 um um uneasy and and hard to navigate those situations can be you know when you're in the moment with someone and you want to do some things with someone but maybe not all things with someone talk about that you know they never do and that stuff is so complicated and and like how to how to identify the traits i think you could even go into relationships with it too because that's tied in like how to identify the traits of abuse or like what avenues are available to you if you're in like one of these bad situations absolutely and it, and it, like you're saying just that whole human element is taken out of it and it's just this is this is how this very practically works uh also don't ever do it and if yeah. anything bad happens that we're just leaving you with that you're fucked that's yeah. your fault a, yeah, it's so fucking apocalyptic and unhelpful. And it's really it's just fucking performative moralizing because totally if you know, if you're a person uh, who supports that kind of abstinence based shit, you grew up the same thing and the same fear and you just want to see that they're they're putting the fucking fear of God in them. And then if anything ever does happen, well, then you can blame it on the individual it happened to. Which yeah. is such a wild concept because that's what actually happens. That's what actually fucking matters 
You got to be focused on the outcomes here. Prevention of certain things. That's great. Learn about contraception, you know, learn about uh, just how to avoid unpleasant things there. But it should, again, it should not be under the lens of if you don't avoid it, it's all fucking over. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, and also, uh, the fact that, um, sex education for, uh, I mean, I think most people from what I've heard, um, and what I experienced certainly, um, is, has always been, Sex is between a man and a woman, period. And that is so fucked up. And that is how most people learn about it. I mean, it's like, you know, one thing when you are a child and you're like, how did I get here? And then your parents are like, oh, and they're like driving and they're like, okay, well, when my uh, mommy, whatever, like, like this is like a, how a baby is made or whatever, like sperm and egg talk or whatever that is. Um, you know, uh, that's one thing. But when you're talking to, when you're in a public school and you're talking to like, <laughs> like a huge group of people and to just say that it's just, it's like just this hetero experience only is such bullshit and it's so harmful and it 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 it, um excludes uh so many people from the conversation and it makes them feel like uh i'm sure uh that their experience is not relevant um or valid and that is so incredibly damaging to 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 people that are already going through um such like confusing emotions anyway um you know uh, it, it, it just, um, to not, to not be represented in that at all. I just don't know. I don't know how, um, how lonely that must feel. Wow. It's like y'all motherfuckers came here today to talk about this. <laughs> like, yeah. You, talk about like, it. Give us some thought, you know, include some fucking people and, uh, come at it from a, from something that isn't just isn't just a, acknowledging that it can be a difficult or destructive force in your life you know right look totally at, look, at, look at what look at, hey that's how we all got here someday yeah it's just know. uh man there's so many there's so many amazing ways that it can go wrong uh it, it's so it's so crazy um but you look- know it's like the most important thing and i feel like it's like the most neglected thing there's so much reform that must happen and like maybe is in some places but i just feel like god especially the south it's like it's such a fucked up situation it's so sad and that's what what's frustrating too is a lot of this ties in with the entire cultural shift that is needed um I mean, to improve the way we talk about sex and the way that, you know, it's treated societally, because ultimately, you know, the people who are voting on school boards for what can be taught or giving outcry against stuff that's not abstinence only, like those people are the product of that very negative culture. They were raised in that. that, That's what they were fucking taught. And it propagates itself. Totally. And uh, I I was going to bring up that that's something I, I, I didn't like in sex ed. I had it at two different schools. I was in a Catholic school for half a high school and we didn't fucking, we almost didn't do anything. You know, you get the scare talk one day, that's it. I was in a international school for the other half and we got what we've been discussing. 
even in that situation, which is almost certainly better than, you know, a, a lot of what happens in, in public schools, it was still very much, and this is the practicals of it, and there was no involvement of like the feelings you might be feeling or like how to, what you were saying, Katie, how do you navigate the, the social aspects of this? Yeah. And it was hard to bring any of that up because again, it, it comes just from cultural tone, especially when you're a younger, uh, like a teenager that it yeah. just, it's just fucking everybody's laughing at shit. Nobody feels like they could bring up a sincere question. Cause again, you're going to get fucking laughed at the teacher might not even take you seriously or might right. think that you're fucking around. If you go like anywhere other than, it's got to be dead fucking like serious on this stuff. So I just think part of it too is just it, it requires not not a hundred percent. Obviously, there's benefits that can be made without this, but it does require the shift so that people are okay and comfortable with voicing things because that's the only way you can you can learn about that. And how are you yeah. going to voice your deep down questions if you're surrounded by people who are just going to fucking heckle you for asking them? I think that is so dead on, right? Yeah, like it, it, it's always approached with this like very buttoned up attitude. Um, and it, you know, I think that's like, again, it comes from, from, in my opinion, it comes from, uh, uh, having those conversations led by people who already like simply don't want to be there and feel uncomfortable leading that anyway. Um, and it's like, that so that like sets the tone for the whole thing right and then also to like try to steer like a bunch of like seventh graders away from like laughing at the fact that your like fucking geometry teacher is saying testicles is just like not gonna happen like that's like obviously the funniest thing that anyone has ever seen like that's like that's like the best thing that's ever happened to anyone ever <laughs> uh and so you know to you have to like approach it in a way that's like lighthearted and comfortable to be able to like laugh at stuff and like acknowledge like you know all of a sudden the fact that we're talking about this is like kind of weird and it's and this and the whole thing is kind of weird it's just um it's uncomfortable and that's okay and you can sit in that and like swim around in that and like and I think that would just like make the conversation so much easier is if it was just like uh led by someone who was like willing to like laugh at that someone who can like kind of take a joke to me is just like so crucial um and like obviously you know you want it to be like uh constructive and you don't want it to just be like chaos and i get that like kids can like totally like freak the fuck out and it can become like this zoo all of a sudden like my school certainly was like but but and you have to like have some you know discipline but um but to like pretend that what you're doing is like total just like serious all business just talking about sex like it's just like so stupid um and i think yeah yeah replace the replace the the horror slideshow uh with a selection of sex is weird comics that's my bill that's what i'm saying let's fucking vote for it (laughs) put pictures of cartoon my titties in the classroom <laughs> right now and watch those children blossom that's what the, that's what we're here to say um yes just <laughs> a nice cartoon uh image of you know just a butthole and uh and leave it at that case closed Wow, having your partner sitting sit on your face really is like a mother hen laying an egg on your face. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that, 
<laughs> that um that's true <laughs> that if for anyone who uh that that's a reference to a drawing that I that was honestly one of the first sex is weird things that I ever made um because it was based on a joke that I would make among friends but it's like an anamorphs thing of me sitting on someone's face and then like slowly turning into like a hen sitting on an egg because that's what it feels like to me when someone asks me to sit on their face it just makes me feel like a goddamn hen because uh, I like don't know what to do with my body so I just like perch there and it's like very uncomfortable um but uh <laughs> but uh that that uh that image I tried to I reposted it uh, I think like semi recently, and then I got a uh, shadow band on Instagram because it shows oh. a it shows a cartoon uh, penis. Uh, I know, mm-hmm. I know. And wow. actually, that was like such an issue with the account to begin with. When I first started it, my account was removed six days in uh, to its existence because it had like images of like genitals, even though they're so crudely drawn. It really blew my mind. <laughs> more fucking shameful moralizing legalize katie's cartoon penises on instagram that's another movement we can put hell yes that's a whole other podcast baby <laughs> speaking of podcasts this podcast's about it's about done we, we about done did it we about done did it we're here we've made it wow folks can i just can i just think Katie, real quick, can we just can we just get that fucking going? That's, my, that's what's up. My wow, cat's clapping her paws together, but it's it's muffled. They're not very good at making clapping sounds. <laughs> uh, thanks for coming back because I because uh, I made an enormous mistake. Thank you so much. No problem. No, thank you for having me. This was so fun. This was fucking great. Yeah. Uh, Upside is we get to talk to you twice. It was it was wonderful having you on. Aw, I really appreciate it. Before before we close out here, do you have anything coming up you want to plug? Uh, any other Instagram accounts you want to shout out? Any anything at all? Um, I uh, I think for boof. Well, I'm a I I do uh stand up um and in Los Angeles. If you are in Los Angeles. I uh, have a show that um, I host and produce with uh, my dear friend uh, Maddie Connors, who's another great comic, and uh, it's a show called You're Gonna Love This. Our next one is um, on November 8th at the Lyric Hyperion Theater in Silver Lake, honey, and uh, it's really fun. The last one was so fun. We basically just like round up a bunch of incredible female uh, comics, and it's sort of like a variety show, and we ask them to like talk about like a movie or um, a band or a book that like a man has like forced on them in like a relationship. It happens all the time, and uh, uh, it's like it's like so much fun. Uh, and, uh, so yeah, like, come on down. (laughs) I know some of you are are in LA on account of, I know you personally, and this is Donovan speaking to you directly. Uh, go check out Katie's show or, uh, uh, Arthur's going to bring you flowers on your next Tinder date. Yikes. (laughs) And nobody has ever wanted that. Sorry, Arthur. (laughs) All right. Okay. All right. Constructive criticism. I take it. That was mean. I would accept (laughs) flowers from you, Arthur. Well, that's pretty good. Yay. That's what I could hope for. (laughs) Them literally taking them from my hands and going, 
thanks, and then throwing in the nearest trash receptacle. That's, that's exactly the, right. The best that's exactly that. right. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna thank um, I'm gonna thank Noer, the band, uh, for providing uh, unlicensed. I did reach out to him on Facebook, but they never got back to me. Um, the the intro song to our podcast it is the song hanging on uh find their music at nowheremusic.bandcamp.com and our outro music is licensed it's stephanie by the hey fellows you can find them at instagram.com slash the hey fellows or go on spotify look them up it's three words it's the hey fellows big thanks again to katie for being on the show you were fucking excellent thanks for being a sport and coming back of course and thank you so much for having me we loved it Love you. And uh, I'm just going to just like lean in real close on this mic. And I'm just going to say I love you. Thanks. Bye. It's <laughs> the picky for kicking the mic stand the entire time, you monster. Are you ready for cat dinner? There she goes. Yeah. Good shit. <laughs>